We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Saturday night after the Santa Cruz Warriors played the Toronto Raptors. Oh, do you want to talk about this game real quick? Do we? Did you, just, did you just pause and stop and think about what to say and then realize, eh, uh, you know, I, I do appreciate and you tweeted this before the game that, uh, that you know, we were going to see Fitz put on a show. I thought Fitz was good tonight. I, that's where we're starting. I thought Fitz was good tonight. I thought he didn't lay, he didn't lay it on too thick, right? Like he, he did say... You know, second of a back-to-back, Toronto's been rested all week, and there's nobody playing for the Warriors. But he generally kept it pretty pretty calm, I thought, throughout the game. So I thought a good fits effort. And, and I mean, obviously, Kamingo was the star of the show for the Warriors. So I don't know. All in all, decent decent end to the road trip. I think for us, what I was looking for was just fun, fun highlights. And we got we got some fun stuff from Kamingo. Yeah, I mean, you want to talk about Kamingo? Because that's yes. that's the real, the real story here. Um We've, we've got like little nuggets of him, like five minute increments in games, like enough to like get you excited, but you don't get to actually watch him. This is the first time the Warriors have, you know, it's the first time he's played over 30 minutes. Obviously, no Steph, no Draymond, no Wiggins, no Porter, no Pool, no Clay. Um, like I said, it's the Santa Cruz Warriors out here, but that's still a pretty good Toronto team that they sent out there. Scotty Barnes, OG Anobi, those are pretty legitimate matchups for a player. Like Kuminga. And I thought in general, you saw the potential with him. He was hitting his shots. He was attacking the rim well. He was competing on defense. Would have liked to see him rebound the ball and do some of the yeah. other stuff. But like yeah. in general, I I still think the sky's the limit. Like the potential is there. You can understand why Kurt doesn't play him a lot yet, but you could also understand why the front office is super hyped on his upside. I am with you. I think in his in his fully grown state as an offensive player, he's going to go through anyone, everyone. It doesn't matter. He's so strong. He's also super nimble for a guy that's that big. Yeah, which is a little bit scary. Pops. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense uh, because it's so awesome. He can just go right by a guy, not through, but he can kind of do like a little side, not a Euro step, but just like a side step and just go right. But he did that against, OG Ananobi and, and Scotty Barnes a few times. And I know this was kind of garbage time games, but it's not like those guys weren't trying. 
And that showed to me, I was just like, damn, like he's going to be able to score 20, 25 points easily. Um, and obviously he made the threes tonight. I don't know how, how consistent that's going to be, but obviously if he's making those, he could easily go for 35. Like if he wanted to shoot as much as he wanted to shoot tonight, he could have went for 30 plus. You can tell that he's not shooting as much as he can because he doesn't want to get benched. Right. I think part of it's, he's like, Hey, we want you to build good habits. We want you to take good shots. We don't want you to just chuck random shit up. Right. This is not, this is not the Orlando magic. You don't just get to shoot dumb shit out. And, and, and I think that's and good. The- and the other thing is, like, I mean, he shot 25% from three in the G League last year. He's shooting 25% in the G League this year. That shot, it, it's not broken, but it's it's definitely a work in progress. So um, that's the other part of it, because I agree with you. If this shot ever comes around, I don't even need – I don't even need him to shoot the ball like Wiggins. Like, Wiggins is <laughs> turned into, like, a legitimate shooter. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just need him to shoot it like Siakam or one of those guys enough to keep you honest so he can attack the rim. Right. Um, getting to your, to your point of his agility. That's the thing that pops. I remember in pre-draft, some like uh, draft guys said like, Oh yeah, he could be like Harrison Barnes. And I'm watching him like Harrison Barnes did not have that kind of wiggle ever. You know, Harrison Barnes, a really good player. He's turned into an excellent player, but like Barnes did not have that kind of agility and, nimble this a lot a lot more mechanical with bards right like a lot more super mechanical uh, super he watches a lot of youtube yeah. tape or like like, like jj yeah. Red. i mean Harrison bards can also shoot you're completely right totally different type of player yeah anyway i think he's i think he's um i'm high on the upside here i also it's hard not to watch scotty barnes on the other side and see like yeah that's why scotty barnes went ahead of him in the draft because scotty barnes has sky high potential too and he's just he's just way more polished than Kuminga is at this stage Kuminga looks like a guy who in a couple of years could project to be a big time like wing scorer uh who defends the best player and rebounds and does all stuff but he like doesn't do it consistently right now Scotty Barnes I mean I think he had what 21 8 and 6 uh, played excellent defense like he just just way more mature as a player yeah I think uh w- which is Interesting, because coming into the draft, you you would say both guys can't really shoot, and and that's you know kind of the the knock on both of those guys. And you look at Scotty Barnes; he's shooting it actually a lot better than I think people expected this season. And I don't um, know how I don't know how real that is, by the way. Yeah, but like, who yeah. knows, right? Because it's not like it's a pretty shot either. But you're it's but it's the it's the rest of the game. Uh, Jim Jim Barnett, uh, friend of the show, and and we wish he was still on the broadcast. But he used to talk about floor game a lot, right? Growing up, and that's how I learned. Yeah. Like, like, just kind of, there's a lot more important things other than just putting the ball in the bucket. And Scotty Barnes does all of that, which is not to say Kaminga doesn't do that now or can't do that in the future, but he can't do it like Scotty Barnes. And when you talk about polish, like, Scotty Barnes understands basketball, understands how to handle, understands how to run an offense a lot more than Kaminga does right now. That's the difference. That's also like when we saw Draymond Green come into the league, we immediately knew Draymond Green was like, damn, this guy, this guy knows who. <laughs> bottle stop doesn't I'm say. Just- this guy knows who. I'm shocked Scotty Barnes at one and done because he plays the game like a veteran, like just yeah. in terms yeah. of reading the other team, making the extra pass, understanding where to rotate. He really plays like a veteran. Like Kuminga plays like a rookie with sky high potential where you're like the wow plays just pop, but some of like the finer points, understanding where to rotate, understanding two passes ahead, that type of stuff. He looks like a rookie and that that's fine. Um, overall though, 
do you think Kuminga should get more minutes after tonight? Oh, yeah, 100%. Because I watched tonight, and, and one other takeaway I had that was not less optimistic. I mean, they, they did lose by 40 points tonight or something like that. But Damian Lee and JTA are not good enough to play right now, I think, consistently. And not enough, to, not enough to block him. You mean like not yeah. enough that you're like, they, they, they get their 20 minutes before yep. we even think about someone else. Exactly. Coming in. Exactly. Gary Payton, I think deserves to play more. Um, but JTA and GP two, I think, or excuse me, JTA and Damian Lee, I'll go one by one. So Damian Lee, we know the struggles. I don't want to harp on it too much. Everybody sees it. Uh, he can't shoot right now. Uh, he defensively is fine, but he's not special. Um, so he is what he is out there. If he can't shoot, he's kind of useless. JTA right now is scared. I know we talked about Bielitsa. Um, he was pump faking threes. Bielitsa's a little bit out of his slump now. JTA is not shooting threes. Sam, last season you talked about he shot 40% from three on low volume. One of the things he needs to do this this season is, is shoot threes at a higher volume. And it's fine if he's going to shoot 35%, but he needs to shoot more. He's not even shooting him. And when he's not shooting him, he's not doing anything. He's not going to finish in the hole. He's not driving by anyone. He has no mid-range game. So what is he really doing out there if he's not going to take the open three? And I think that's really the problem with him right now where he should not be a blocker for JK playing minutes out there. So I think when you've got two vets struggling like that, John Kuminga definitely deserves it. And I think Juan, we've always known who Juan is, which is an understudy for Draymond and Iguodala. He does a lot of the same things they do, just, you know, not as well, which is fine. They're both first bout Hall of Famers. Um, that's that's just kind of how it goes. If both those guys are in the lineup and they weren't tonight, JTA doesn't need to play on an every night basis. You want JTA to play when Iguodala misses like six, seven games in a row because you need that steadying force maybe with a second unit that um, Iguodala gives you that, you know, you might not have because he's out of the lineup for a period of time. In general, though, if Iguodala is playing, I'd rather see Kuminga in there because, A, Andre's the exact type of player you want next to him. He's going to call things out. He's going to simplify the game. He's going to get JK going, kind of like getting doing simple things. And then, uh, B, just a different type of player. I mean, Kuminga will score 20 points. He scored 26 tonight. I predict he will score 20 points in like a legitimate NBA game later this year, like one which Steph Curry plays in. I think he's I, he, he's definitely got scoring upside. Um, and Juan, love everything he's about. But Juan's, Juan, when he's on, is, you know, eight points, six rebounds, four assists, two steals, a block. You know, he's doing kind of his Iguodala impression. Yeah. Um, and, that's, and that's kind of what's disappointing because I wanted to see him take a step. And taking a step for him is like just shoot the catch and shoot with confidence. And he's not doing it yet. And I, I don't know if it's ever going to come around. And. If it doesn't, that's fine. He's a player who becomes really valuable and Draymond or Iguodala need to rest. He, he He's the vet min guy. Like, it's not like he's getting paid $15 million. Like you're, you're not, you don't have him on the roster to develop into that type of shooter, but it's like, but I, I'm with you, right? Like when you've got Stephen Clay, who's going to be out there, we'll, we'll talk about here in a second. Probably when, he, when he's going to be out there, you want someone like JTA. He's super smart, knows who to pass to, knows how to defend, won't really make a ton of mistakes. You probably rather have him Right in a, in a game rather than Kaminga, but I think throughout the regular season, when you're trying to find energy, you're trying to find a guy that can change the game. Like we've seen in the last, in in you know against Philly, against Indiana, against these teams that are just kind of like it's just trudging through this stuff. Yeah, you probably want Kaminga in there. Well, one thing I wanted to point out, um, we're mentioning Iguodala here, and Iguodala, God, when he's in the mood, he's one of the more entertaining post game interviews, just because he can 
he could be so cryptic and he's he's just so sarcastic in general like he can kind of be a dick about things too but um he was in a, in a mood yesterday did you catch what he said about the young guys um after the boston celtics game um when, when what do you say what do you say what he said. Okay, so so first thing he said was he loves Jordan Poole because of how he works. He basically repeated everything that we've heard right. for the last year plus, which is complete gym rat, and not just in the gym, like working in the gym, like Steph Clay, like the, the type of the type of thing that players appreciate, where they realize, like even if he isn't all the way there, he's putting in the effort at the highest level, yep. and so. Iguodala almost called him like a young vet. Now, the, the interesting thing he said was, he said Kuminga has all the potential in the world. He should, he could be really special, but he more or less alluded to the fact that he has to work a little harder. He even said like he he needs to like watch Draymond, Steph, me, even watch J- JP, Jordan Poole, and that kind of aligns with some of the stuff we've some other that stuff true. that people have said, which is. Everyone That's loves true. his potential. They just want to push him to work a little harder there. And I think maybe that's part of the reason he's not getting in the rotation. I think Steve's mm. doing I think Steve's doing Steve knows there's little difference between him and JTA if all you're looking for is energy, right? Like if your goal is like, hey, I just need someone to come in and go 110 miles per hour and you know change the momentum of the game, there's not a huge difference between those two guys at this stage, right? Um I wonder if it's a little bit of like they want him to interesting work a little harder there. I I think you're right because when you look at you look at the you know you look at the last game he shoots a three the last couple of games especially even the one in Indiana he shoots a three and he gets benched or he makes a mistake and he gets benched and you know some of it's some of it's kind of tough love but some of it's I can see where you're coming from because you know what that reminds me of it reminds me of Jordan Bell not that. Like not Jordan well, that, that's, that's like an, that's like an example of it going poorly. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. But like you know, Jordan Bell doesn't have the same potential. He's not drafted as high. The Warriors, you know, they don't care about him. It's like, hey, if you're not ready to go, we're just we're gonna get rid of you. You can come back and play for the G League Warriors, which he's doing pretty well now. But it's like, but but that's the type of player I think the Warriors where they look at where it's like, yeah, this guy he's talented. He could be good in the NF- NBA, but he just never worked hard enough. He never cared enough, and uh, that's why he didn't make it. Again, that's not what I'm saying about about Kaminga, but I see where he comes from coming from where it's more tough love, right? Where he's not Jordan Poole. Yeah. Someone in the chat goes, I don't worry about JK not working harder. Um, I think it's still about him processing what he's seeing mentally. I do think it's part of that. I want to clarify on this because people can take this comment out of out of context. When you're as athletically gifted as someone like Kuminga is, you don't have to work as hard as other people in high school to be a standout. And so when Iguodala and those guys are talking about pushing him to work harder, I think it's in the context of like, you can be a perennial all-star. It's not in the context of like, he's lazy. It's in the context of push yourself to be a superstar. Don't just push yourself to be a guy. And I thought that was kind of, that's kind of the way I took it. And Draymond even said the same thing on, on the podcast. They kind of, that it's a little like they they want him they want him to want to be great not just good if that makes sense yeah i, I mean look uh, anytime everybody's played high school ball 
Everybody's played something. The guy, the guy that has the most talent gets the most. If you're a good coach, gets the most grief from the coach because the coach knows that he's the one that can actually make it to D1, right? Like he's yeah. that's the guy that can play college ball, not the freaking role player like myself. Nobody gives a shit about that guy. He's not going anywhere. Uh, what's interesting, I think, also is uh, I, I, it's interesting to see the stuff they say about Wiseman because again, we haven't heard about Wiseman in, in a just, long just time. Just so we're clear, he wasn't brought up in Iguodala's thing yesterday because he didn't play in yesterday's no. game. So there was. Uh, so anyway, go back. No, I just I just think the way they talk about Wiseman is a little bit different because they always praise him, right? So they always talk about how great he's going to be, the potential he has. And I think that's a little bit different from the way that they've talked about Kaminga. I just think it's interesting. I don't have any thoughts other than that. But it's always funny to, for me to hear, as, as you, you know, you and I, everybody in here, all our listeners have seen Steph, Trey, and, and Clay, and, and Andre grow up uh, pretty much with us. And as they become like these leaders – you know, some of the stuff that they say and the way that they lead the team is a lot different than what they used to because they didn't used to do that. So now it's, it's interesting to see you how, how they speak about people. One last one last Kaminga thing. I remember when Kerr put him into the rotation earlier in the year when they had the homestand. I remember he had like the nice defensive possessions on DeRozan against the Bulls and everything. Kerr specifically commented on how he had some great practices so I really do – I'm starting to get the – whether they're right or wrong, we'll see. But they're definitely taking that tough love, like we're, we're holding you to the standard of Steph Curry. We're not holding you to the standard of uh, Damian Lee. For example, like Damian Lee sucks his ass off. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Like they're, hold, they're holding him to the standard that you have a chance to be great. You're not – we didn't draft you to be the eighth man in the rotation. I, look, he's if Kaminga was on the Orlando Magic right now, his career would go, perhaps go a lot differently. Like that—that's right. really, I think, what it is. It's, he is put in a situation where Kaminga, it's up to you to be a really, really good basketball player. Because the Warriors—they have a good coach, they have good vets, they have a good system, good coaching. Like you, if if you're not going to be a very good basketball player, it's kind of on you. I, I think is is where we're at with him. Yeah, and, and and to me it seems to be working because when he gets in it, the it game, yeah. when he gets in the game, he plays with a he doesn't play entitled. He plays with an energy that he's trying to send a message like I should play more. Steve, I don't want eight minutes. I want I want fifteen. I don't want fifteen. I want twenty. You know, he plays with that. So it, it could work. Like to your Wiseman point, I think maybe that isn't the style to get the most out of him, right? Like everyone responds differently. And that's kind of what's interesting because I think both those guys have the potential to be all-stars in the NBA. And it's kind of hard to develop guys when you can't necessarily give them like 25 minutes a game. So, so that's kind of where the Warriors are at. Um, Do you want to hit on anything on this road trip before we open some Um, callers? Yeah. One, one last thing on the Rooks guys, I I will say like the Warriors are doing a lot better job this season with coming in than they did last season with Wiseman. So there's that. Uh, Okay. The road trip, ugly. Ugly three and two. I mean, we kind of throw this one out the window, right? So three and one in one game where they tanked. Uh, ugly road trip. I think Steph is still struggling shooting the ball, uh, I think is my biggest takeaway, uh, is that Steph just needs to get on court from the three-point line. So maybe maybe when December is over, he's going to start shooting 50% from three again. <laughs> but I think that's the main thing to me. Just I, I think part of it is like when the season started, the team was just extremely motivated to show like, hey, we're going to be good this season they kind of blew everyone out of the water and everyone's like, damn, this is a title contender. Then you get into December and you're kind of like, all right, well, we showed we're really good. So we don't have to play 120% every single game. And I think that's where we're at with the Warriors. So I think the biggest thing take out, take away from me is Steph broke the record. 
He's still struggling from three. Let's get past December so we can start getting those percentages back up. Yeah, and to me, I'm not even worried about Steph's shot. I went and looked back at the numbers because I'm a sycophant. Um, <laughs> he's had two of his last four seasons. He's been at 38 or 39% at this stage of the season. He'll end the year at 42 or 43 because <laughs> that's what he does. Yeah. It's just like, I think it's legitimately, this is the downside of having such a soft schedule at the beginning of the season. And I don't mean soft in terms of opponents. I mean, they just didn't travel. So now that they hit the road, you can just see some of those road legs. Like you got to get through that first couple road trips to like get comfortable playing like that. Um, And I think Steph was a little tired. Some of his shots, his legs just look tired. And that's the difference between him shooting 37 and 45% from three. It's like it's one to two extra makes a game that your legs being just a little less tired. So I, I really think it's that. I'm actually a little more concerned about his finishing. I think it'll come around, but like he's missing so many bunnies. Like it's, it's just weird. I haven't seen him go through a prolonged stretch where he can't finish inside. I don't know. In at least five years. Are you concerned? Are are you concerned? Are you concerned? Or are you just kind of drawing? Saying no, I'm not, that, look, I'm not, I'm not friend of the show, Tommy here. Thinking <laughs> Tommy, he's declining. <laughs> just kidding, Tommy. I mean, they uh, are, I just, they are pretty open, but it's like, it's, you know, I, it's one thing if he has a couple games where he misses them, it's weird that it's been like 10 games in a row where I'm just like, this, this doesn't look right. So I, I kind of think it's fatigue. I think they came out with such a hot start that maybe this night off really will help them. Maybe this is what they need to get moving going forward. But it's just, uh, it's weird. It's weird to see Steph not finishing inside with the consistency we're used to. I, I do think it's fatigue. Um, I, I do think it's, there's a reason why they didn't play tonight. I, I thought they should have rested him in Indiana too. Um, they're 24 and six or whatever it is. Maybe, maybe I'm a winner too off. Yeah. But, but You're I correct. don't know, man. Like you don't need to be gunning for the one seed like they sh- these guys should play 70 games they're on place to play 80 and we know you're not gonna play 80 but it's too many basketball games Steph is gonna be 34 in like two months it's just it's too much basketball for a guy that's that's that that old <laughs> Draymond for a guy who's not even that old but for a guy that's just not he plays basketball a different type of style right where he can just he's gonna wear down a lot quicker so they gotta find ways to rest these guys. I know that Steph and Draymond don't want to sit, but you just you just you gotta sit them more. I think this this is I what think, it's about for the next few months. I think they're gonna get a little more rest when Clay. By the way, we're now under the impression Clay won't play before January, um, which is fine. Um, but that's what Woj is reporting, and other people are reporting. He's not playing before Christmas. They really only have one home game between Christmas and the start of 2022. Okay. So, okay. so okay. it could be the third against Miami. It could be the ninth against Cleveland. It could be the 18th against Detroit. It, 18th seems like a long ways away, but yeah. I know, but I think it's going to be the ninth or the 18th. So, yeah. okay. um, but anyway, it'll be January that he's coming back. Wiseman, they haven't put a timeline on, but I got to assume it's in the same time period. I'm guessing when those guys are back, it'll be easier to get Steph and Draymond a game here or there. Um, Because the one thing that stood out to me on this road trip is these, it's a grind for these guys on offense. There's just not enough offensive firepower on this team to sustain the hot start they had at the beginning of the year. And Steph's the one who's really hurt. Like the Boston game, 
that third quarter, you could see Jordan Poole was missed. And not even that Jordan Poole has been Mr. Consistent, but Jordan Poole could create a shot. That might have been a game where Jordan Poole goes off in the third quarter. No Jordan Poole, no Clay. They score 14 points in that third quarter. So my big takeaway is from that road trip, Clay and Wiseman can't come back soon enough because they need the offense. Um, and my second takeaway is their defense is special because all three of those games were root canals on offense, but they won because their defense is just that good. The Andy game, they locked up it down the stretch. The Boston game, I thought they played excellent defense for majority of the game. They did have a couple spells where they didn't, but it was like, it was a lot of, we know the offense is going to be ugly. So we're just going to grind it out. Yeah. I, I I'm with you. Uh, the lineup of the, the you know, with about a minute left, they always thought, or if they need one stop, they play the GP2, JTA. And if Andre Iguodala is in there with Draymond uh, and Wiggins' defensive lineup, oh, it's it's disgusting. I don't think any any team in the league can score against that lineup. Uh, it's some special stuff. So um, I think the Celtics game we watched. Including the Warriors time. sometimes. <laughs> yeah, dude. Fuck, you throw those five guys out there who actually wants to shoot, probably only Wiggins. Uh, but Wiggins was special last night against Boston. Kept them, kept them uh, in that lead uh, that they ended up blowing. But man, he's shooting like he really is Clay Thompson. It is some, it is some really cool stuff to watch Andrew Wiggins shoot the way he's he's that confident right now. Um, so his, yeah, his I'm, form is his form is just tested. doesn't it look great? Yeah, doesn't like, it look amazing? He's, he's not rushed. If his feet are set, he's taking good shots. Sometimes he'll miss them, but like it, it looks. It looks excellent. He's not taking bad shots for the most. I mean, we get a couple of those weird mid-range turnaround shots, but I'll take two of those a game better than eight to 10, which was Minnesota. Um, So, so, but like the catch and shoot threes, like, I don't know, man, anytime he gets a catch and shoot three in rhythm, I'm like, it's a good shot. Probably going in. And if if he goes in like half the time. It, it, I mean, shit, 40 plus percent. Andrew, you talked about Andre's quotes yesterday. He had a quote about, um, Andrew Wiggins, where he said uh, he he has spent the season last season with Jimmy Butler, and and Jimmy Butler had nothing but good words to say about about Andrew Wiggins, and that that's kind of what we heard too, right? We the stuff you hear in Minnesota, you know, Jimmy was mad. It, it wasn't necessarily about Andrew Wiggins, right? It was more about kind of the other players and and maybe coaching and, and management that he really really didn't like or didn't respect, but it never was specifically about Andrew Wiggins. So that, that that's it's cool to hear that publicly. Uh, for Mark. Yeah, it's, it seems like he wasn't a huge fan of Towns at that age. Yes, and it seems not. Yeah, and it seemed more like he was not a fan of the organization taking care of Towns financially before him. I think that's really what it came down to with him. He's like, dude, these guys can't win without me, and you're prioritizing him to me. Uh, I get Jimmy's point, even though Jimmy does it in ways that are. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, hey, by the way, you know, Chelsea Towns, who's been playing the best basketball of his career, it looks like he's hopefully turned a corner um, anywhere. We're not a Minnesota podcast, but good to see yeah, him. Playing I well. mean, he, his talents through the roof. Undeniable. It's yeah. like, it's yeah. like I, get, I get why Jimmy was the way he was, and I also get why Minnesota's like, no, nah, this guy, 22, we're, we're, yeah. we're sticking with it for the long haul. Anyway, should we open this to some callers before let's we get to, to the goons? Let's, let's get to the goons. I can talk about Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards, get, get healthy. Jordan Poole, get healthy, please. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. By the way, if you want to call in, request, we have openings on the line. But uh, Francis, what's up, man? Yo, what's up? So I think Butler even said Wiggins was the most gifted and Cat was the most talented on that team. But he just basically said they have no heart, right? That was the criticism of them. He didn't like hate them. Like he was complimenting them. like They were better than him, but he has way more heart than them, uh, which is kind of like interesting. Uh, and yeah, it was more shade at the organization, how, uh, how they got them to play. Yeah, uh, absolutely. But so what with COVID kind of ripping through uh, the NBA right now, it's, you know, and all these like uh, G League rosters getting thrown into starting lineups, uh, you know, what are the chances of Smiley returning for a, a depleted <laughs> Warriors? You're sick. You're sick. Get, get this guy off the line. <laughs> no, You're sick. <laughs> You know, one of the lake ups are calling right now over to uh, Serbia to make some. They're making some, uh, you know, calls early to see his availability in uh, <laughs> early January. The prodigal son's going to return. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Look, look, look at these rosters that are being played right now. Like, you know, Smiley can go up, you know, against them. Uh, and by the way, I think uh, this is pure uh, speculation. I would say Clay not returning uh, until January. I think that's a smokescreen. I think they're building, um, you know, a little bit of mystery, and they're going to, you know, announce at last minute that he's going to come back on the twentieth or twenty third. That's interesting, Francis. We appreciate the call. What do you think, Andy? Do you like that? Do you like that theory? Look, man, I I had Clay coming back the twentieth this whole time. Uh, that was more hopeful. Uh, but I, I, I don't think so. 
<laughs> I love the theory, but uh, I think the Warriors have uh, maybe learned their lesson uh, because if Clay for some reason comes back and tweaks a hammy, uh, it's not. You know what, what's look. the what's the benefit here of playing that? You know, playing a smoke screen. You know, so yeah, I'd love for him to come back early, but now I and the longer he waits, the better. I mean, it's just look at KD. Dude waited. I mean, COVID part of it was COVID, but the dude, you know, took forever to come back. And, you know, the longer you wait, the better. By the way, KD, third time in the protocols, um, maybe fourth. He can't he, actually have COVID again. It just, can he? You can't actually. He's vaxxed. It just, geez. I don't know. Just, COVID once, every time, he, every time he enters the protocols, he comes out a better player. So he gets super, <laughs> so he gets superpowers. So I, I don't, I don't know. I don't really know what's up with that. But, um, what I was going to say is I also say no to the theory. I think, I think Joe Lacob wants all eyeballs. I think he wants to build the hype up. I think yep. when they, yep. I think if it was the 28th that clay was playing and I don't think it is, I think it's going to be the, it's going to be in January or at least that's what we're led to believe. I think he's going to let everyone know for like three, four days ahead of time, build up as much momentum as possible uh, he's got money to make after uh, losing fans for a year. I don't, I don't think. I don't think. I don't think we're gonna get the um, Slater tweeting at 5 p.m. No. from Curse press conference that Clay's back. No. And he's playing no. in two hours. I just. No. I can't see it going. Like, maybe Wiseman will be that way, but like, no. I don't think it's going that way with Clay. No, no, no. I, 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 that's actually a really good theory. Uh, Clay could probably probably play right now if uh, if if he could. But uh, yeah, I think they're they're waiting. They're building this up, and as they should. It's going to be special. All right. Let's get moving. Mike, what's up, man? What's up? How you guys doing? Good. How you doing? All right. I just have one thing tonight. It's time for Damian Lee to go. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, I feel bad for that. I, I watched I the game tonight. I, I was interested in the game tonight, and, and I just I just wanted to watch. You know, it, it was okay. It's a throwaway, but, um, you know, what did Kaminga have? He had like 26 or 27, something yeah. like that. Yeah, right? I believe 26. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I will I will point okay. this out. If your point is if your point is Kuminga should play, him and Damian Lee don't play the same position. Juan is more no, likely to be that. the player who's blocking. But yeah. Yeah, no, I, I know. I'm just looking at Damian Lee as a vet. He's been in the league for a little while now. And I don't really know that. I've seen him improve this year. Um, I've seen people blow by him on defense. He turns the ball over a lot. His shot's not good. You know, like, it's just there. Maybe he'll yeah. get better. I mean, he's had some moments, you know, but um, I just don't see it. I'll get off. Thanks a lot. Appreciate the call as always, Mike. Yeah, it's been a rough go for Damian Lee. I think he's actually going to – I mean – He's playing too many minutes, mostly because of the guys who are out. Like, like, let's be real. When Clay's back, Damian Lee doesn't play. So, and they want Moody to take his minutes eventually, anyway, which doesn't look like it's happening anytime no, soon. No, yeah, Moody is. Uh, shouts to Moody. He is a confident, confident player. I did not see that coming, but uh, he's not making shots right now. I, I feel bad. I, I just, I tweet a lot about Damian Lee, how poor he is. But you know, he's solid on defense. He started the season pretty good, and then he had his, he had an injury actually. Came back, wasn't good, then had his kid, and then now he's awful. But, you know, part of it's like, look, man, it's, he's not an elite defender. Uh, he's a decent cutter. But your goal, your job out there is, is you've got to make threes. That's your job, man. Your job is not – you're not Gary Payton on defense. You're not 
you're not Andrew Wiggins cutting to the rim. You can finish through most people. Like your job is to make three pointers. If you're not making three pointers, you shouldn't be playing. It's really that simple. Like all the other stuff is cute, but you got to make threes. Yeah. I mean, end of the day, when Clay's back, all the backcourt minutes are going Steph, Clay, Jordan Poole, and then GP2. GP2 at this point is. First off, when you got Clay, Steph, and Jordan Poole, you, that's three guys who can shoot the ball, so you can play GP two. Two, like GP two, just does stuff that has to be in the rotation. So oh, I don't know. God, I, yeah, love, I, mean, I love GP two. Damian Lee, he's been a good warrior. I still don't mind having him on the bench, but like he's probably not going to see a lot of minutes once Clay returns. Yeah, yeah. By the way, T. Last, T. Y. Hilton's still playing in the football league. Interesting. I, anyway, I know. <laughs> last caller of the night, Ty. Yo, yo, what's going on, y'all? Hell what's yeah, up, Todd? A, a slog of a game. Certainly a slog of a game. I didn't realize how much disdain I had for uh, the Raptors until I saw how much they were fighting against Kaminga and the boys. But uh, the thing about Damian Lee, it's really weird because it feels like when I watch him, he's always, like, not doing dumb shit. Like, he knows where to be on offense. He's not getting in the way of anybody. He, it feel, Like, even on defense, he feels like he knows where to be. It feels like it should be better results. Than it is, but maybe I don't know. I'm a I'm a process over results kind of guy, but this is kind of testing that theory for sure. You think there's like a is, is there like a particular reason, or is it just like the Steph missing wide open layups thing, where like in a couple months we won't think about? It's, it's a good question. I do think Damian Lee understands the system really well, and he plays well with Steph. Like he understands how to move off of Steph, and he always creates the illusion he's doing more than he is. But like the reality of the matter is he's, he's got to put the ball in the basket more often. Like it just, <laughs> it just does. Right. And it's, it's a little frustrating. He, he's capable and maybe it'll come around a little, a little later in the season, but like, it's just kind of how it goes, you know, like at, I, at this level. I, I'm with, I actually think it'll come around. That's the thing. I think it'll come around. I just think I'm with you. He's playing a lot of minutes and he's in a slump. It, it happens. Uh, I saw some Michael Mulder comps. I saw some Kelly Oubre comps. I actually don't think any of that is true. He's not as dumb as Oubre, and he's made some big shots. He's not He's not Michael Mulder out there. So, so yeah, no, I, he, look, they're not going to get anyone better than him. Like, if you give me Ricky Rubio somehow, hey, of course, I've cut, I've cut Damian Lee. I've cut Nemanja Bielitsa for him. But, you know, those guys aren't out there right now. So, um, so yeah, you know, I think the shot comes around. He's too good of a shooter. We'll see. We'll see. Just, All right. You, you know the newfound dad life, Sam. You know, so you know, we'll be back. We'll be back. Let's end it there. Appreciate you all, guys.